Today on episode number 749 of the School of Podcasting, we're going to talk a little audio drama, and then we've got so many because of my podcast stories, you're going to need a scorecard. Hit it, ladies! The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005 with over 2.6 million downloads of this podcast going out to over 105 countries. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. This is why I help you plan your podcast, launch your podcast, and grow your podcast. And if you want to make some money with your podcast, check out my book, Profit from your podcast at ProfitFromYourPodcast.com. The website for this particular podcast is SchoolofPodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And one of the things I like to talk about on this show is what I call Because of My Podcast Stories. And this is a story that wouldn't happen. There's just like this, just no way this would have happened except you had a podcast. And today, you need a scorecard. All right, so here's the deal. I've got this podcast, and because of this podcast, I was approached by a publisher to write the book, Profit from Your Podcast. So I wrote the book, I put it out, and I mentioned people like Jeff Sanders from 5ammiracle.com and David Hooper from... Big podcast. If you haven't checked those guys out, links in the show notes today. And I interviewed a whole bunch of other people on the book, along with my own stories. And it's getting really good reviews. Here's a quick clip from Charlie Valor from the Business of Podcasting podcast. I'm going to read out the title here. It's Profit from Your Podcast. And the first thing I'll say before I ask you a question is I feel like I know this space. I think if people would consider me a reasonable expertise on podcasting, and I I read this book with the idea of like, okay, I'm probably going to read a lot of things I know. Horrible attitude, I will add. And uh, <laughs> but nonetheless, like that was my expectation, and I found myself reading this going, oh, I didn't think of it that way before. Or, or there was a story or example where I'm like, oh, I, I never would have thought of that, and it was a really, really unique and almost encyclopedic with examples perspective on monetization when it comes to podcasts and different ways you can monetize and leverage different things and how the pieces came together. And I'll probably reread it. He'll probably reread it. That's amazing. Chris Kremitzos, the founder and the guy behind PodFest, said, if anybody ever comes up to me and says, how do I make money with a podcast? I'm just going to put this book in their hand. And then I got a phone call from my friend David Hooper, and it kind of confused me because he said, hey, I want to do this podcast with Jeff Sanders and we're just going to talk about your book and we're going to have our own examples, but we really want to plug your book. We really think it's good. And when somebody says, Hey, we're just going to do stuff to benefit you. There's a part of you that goes, okay, huh? And they did. Here's a a clip from uh, episode number one called, and this is this is kind of weird for me to do an episode like, look at me. It's The first episode was called The Legend of Dave Jackson. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is Podcast Profits. My name is David Hooper. I've been podcasting since 2005. Joining me for this series, Jeff Sanders, also from Nashville, Tennessee. How long have you been podcasting, Jeff? About seven and a half years now. So we've been at it for a while, and we are here because Dave Jackson 
who is the podcasting guru. He's got a brand new book. It's called Profit From Your Podcast, Proven Strategies to Turn Listeners into a Livelihood. Every podcaster, including us, has a Dave Jackson story. So let's start with yours, Jeff. Everybody who's in podcasting has been affected by this guy. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I've been affected by Dave Jackson since day one when I began to learn how to do my own show. He was one of those experts I turned to because he is the guy that's been doing this since 2005. So he's been around longer than most of us have when it comes to podcasting, and he has the information. He knows what the tech is, which for me was the biggest hurdle initially. But then, of course, there's lots of other areas of podcasting from content creation to scripting to guests and interviews. And Dave's the guy. He knows the stuff. And the whole time I'm listening to this, I'm like, okay, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Where are they going to just do a giant plug for, you know, they have their own, they have a company, voxphonic.com, which is a, a podcast consulting agency. But this was all about me and my book. And I was like, it's weird when you keep waiting for like, okay, this is episode two, episode three. It wasn't until like episode nine that they finally mentioned their stuff. And I was like, Okay, so because of my podcast, I got a publisher. Because of the publisher, I wrote a book. Because of the book, David Hooper and Jeff Sanders created a podcast about my book and their own travels. And they reached out to their audience and said, hey, do you guys have any because of my podcast story? So with permission from Dave from the podcast that talks about me, are you getting this? Here is a because of my podcast story. Check this out. This is amazing. I'm Leslie Eiler Thompson. I'm a podcast producer and host in Nashville. One of the greatest things about podcasting is the ability to have conversations with people that you wouldn't normally have access to. And then amazing things can happen like this. I've been a fan of the Iditarod, which is the thousand mile dog sled race in Alaska since we did a mock race during gym class in elementary school. And I held on to my love of the activity into adulthood. And I've actually followed mushers and teams all along the way. And one of my favorite mushers is a guy named Lance Mackey. He's won the race four times in a row, which has never been done since or before. And two of these years, he actually won another thousand mile race mere weeks before the Iditarod started. And that's never been done before ever. And he did it twice in a row. All of this was done after he actually defeated throat cancer. So he has an amazing story, and I invited him onto my show, and amazingly, he agreed. And this was in April of 2018. So in March of 2019, I was watching the Iditarod festivities from my couch in Nashville, and I had this idea that I wanted to be at the race in 2020, but I wanted to do it in a way that was super memorable so I reached out to Lance and his crew to see if there was any possibility of me hanging with them for that week. And amazingly, again, he agreed. So in March of 2020, I was in Alaska. I was a part of his race crew, running errands and making sure his kids were accounted for. And the morning of the official start, I was asked to stand at the front of the team with the lead dog and hold the gang line, which is what they're attached to, so that they don't take off. I was standing there in the middle of this dog yard, hundreds of dogs howling and barking and screaming to get on the Iditarod Trail, and I led the team of a dog sledding legend to the 2020 start line, all because of my podcast. And that, again, is Leslie Eiler Thompson. You can find her at Leslie 
EilerThompson.com. And I'll have links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 749. But Dave and Jeff's podcast have a ton of Because of My Podcast stories and insights into monetizing your podcast based on my book, Profit from Your Podcast. And again, the podcast by Jeff and Dave is called Podcast Profits. Thanks to both those guys. If you're trying to get yourself a little more organized coming into the new year here, definitely got to check out Jeff at uh, 5 a.m. Morning.com. Great book, by the way, if you if you want that. He's got a couple great books. And of course, Dave is the guy behind Big Podcast. He's got that marketing background. He's got the radio background. He's got everything there. Super nice guy. He's been on both those guys have been on the show. And uh thanks to those guys for just doing something nice. <laughs> it was like, wait, there's there's seriously no catch? Really? Wow. We've got more because of my podcast stories coming up, along with some tips on audio dramas. Ooh, now that's a good question. So many times I listen to interviews and somebody will go, where did you grow up? And the person will go, ooh, wow, that's a good question. And I'm in my car screaming at the dashboard, that is not a good question. So on occasion, when I find a good question, I'm going to come here with my buddy Wayne Henderson. If you like, who was that awesome voice? Check him out, mediavoiceovers.com. And I'm going to give you an example of what I think is a good question. And here, this is Lars Ulrich. He's the drummer of Metallica, and he's interviewing Noel Gallagher, who used to be in Oasis. And Lars is asking him about, you know, if you're not familiar with Oasis, they had these huge hits. And consequently, they were playing stadiums and things like that. So Lars is asking him, what's it like? Because now Noel has his own solo stuff. And he's asking him, what is it like to play the old stuff? This this would be kind of like asking Ted Nugent, what is it like to play Cat Scratch Fever? Here's his answer. And listen to the great question here where he interrupts him. Because people take those songs, I mean, they're, they're part of people's lives, particularly in England. And we do them how people want to hear them, you know what I mean? But what do they mean to you? Now, that's a good question. Notice the silence. From what I do now, when I play little by little, I think... It sounds like heavy rock, you know what I mean? It sounds like, it, 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 to me, I think, wow. You know, I, I couldn't do that rock thing now. But they mean the world to me. And that's what we wanted to know. What does it feel like to play those old songs? It means the world to him. And that's why. Ooh. Now that's a good question. Don't forget November 22nd to December 2nd, Apple takes those days off and then in december 23rd to january 2nd they take those days off so if you want a podcast ready to go come january 2021 you want to submit it to apple about now yeah if you need help with that school of podcasting.com slash contact I, we can do some one-on-one consulting. You can join the School of Podcasting and blow through all the tutorials. Whatever you need to do, if you do sign up, use the coupon code LISTENER, and we will get you going in the right direction. But if you want to start a podcast in 2021 and do it the right way and avoid all those mistakes, then you really need to get going. Now, if you go, ah, I can't do that, that's okay. The world has waited 15 years for your podcast. It can wait just a little bit longer, but... Come January, there will be a back catalog that Apple then has to kind of sift through to get going. So it's not the end of the world. If you're like, I can't do it that quick, that's okay. Just realize I'm always 
here to help you, help you avoid those common pitfalls, get you going in the right direction, make sure that you sound like a million bucks without spending a million bucks. It's all there, schoolofpodcasting.com. Man, this year is just slipping through our fingers, isn't it? We're kind of glad to see 2020 take a, a, just say, see ya. Like, hopefully 2021 will be better. But every year, the last episode of the year, which is December 28th this year, is my What Is Your Favorite Podcast episode. I need these by December 14th because I get a lot of people that send in their answers. This is my favorite, one of my favorite episodes every year. And it is, here's the question. It is, what is your favorite podcast? Tell us a little bit about it and why. We're really interested in the why. So if I were to do this, I would do something. This is what it would sound like me answering the question of the month. Hey, Dave, it's Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, where I help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. You can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. My favorite podcast is the blah, 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 blah show. It's a show about yeah, 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 and the reason I love it is yada, 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 yada. You can find them at blank, blank, blank dot com. That's it. You don't have to say it's such a hard question. I can't just pick just one and things like just what is your show? A little bit about your show, like your tagline and your website. And then what's your favorite show? Tell us a little bit about it and then why you love it. I need that by December 14th. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. In case you missed it, it's time for a podcast rewind. I appeared on the Author Inside You podcast with Matt and Leah Rafferty. This is a podcast that kind of inspires people to really write that first book. And since I just finished my first book with a publisher, I went on to talk about profit from your podcast. The advantage I I had is I just reached out to my audience and I said, hey, I'm going to rewrite this book. And if you're making a dime with your podcast, I really would like to talk to you and didn't expect anybody to kind of reach back out. And instead it was the direct opposite. I'd people like, Oh, I would love to talk to you. And I consequently, (laughs) yeah. And so, and everybody had these great stories and insights and that's really what I wanted it to be was every book I've ever read on making money with your podcast is 90% how to start a podcast and 10% you can make money with affiliate marketing. And I was like, I, I wanted more strategies and insights and real life stuff. And so it took me, quite a few months to to do a lot of interviews. And at the time I was, this was pre-COVID, I was going around at different events and I would set up uh, meetings with people to where we could go out to dinner or lunch or something like that and uh, talk that way. So it was super casual and I just took a lot of notes and and things of that nature. And the beauty of it is after I started writing it is when I got contacted by a publisher. And I still don't exactly know besides just they heard my podcast and they were just like, hey, we see you're kind of a, you know, you have a presence in the the podcasting space. We're looking to have someone write a book about monetizing a podcast. And I was like, geez. <laughs> so they literally reached out to you. Yeah. Wow. I was also on the podcasting experiment show with Josh Rivers. Immediately, he starts to tell us what it means to profit from your podcast. That is a great question. It really is uh, because so many people think it's about money 
And one of the things I point out in the, in the book is that there are more than one way. I mean, that's one way of profiting, but I had somebody uh, I spoke to last week and they were saying how when they started, they were super introverted and it took them years to kind of get their stuff going. And now they're actually doing their podcasts via live stream and, and they've got more confidence. So that's not money. You can't spend that at the grocery store, but that's a way that they are, you know, profiting from their podcast. There's also growing your network. There's, you know, getting the message out there, or even if it's just, if you're doing kind of a a cause cast, I think is what somebody was calling them where, you know, you're trying to help uh, educate people on sex trafficking and somebody goes, wow, I didn't know that. Or I I will have to help this and I want to get involved and things like that. So there are all sorts of ways to, to profit. This is, primarily focused on making money with your podcast because, well, that's kind of what, that seems to be a little more of interest than the other ones, but there are many ways to to profit from your podcast. And I'll have links to all those shows out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 749. And I did mention earlier, I was on with Charlie Valor on the business of podcasting. And if you'd like to have me on the show to talk about anything podcasting, doesn't have to be monetization, feel free to go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. All right, we're going to keep the Because of My Podcast vibe going here. If you like graphic novels, comic books, you're really going to love this story. This is a guy who got an agent, all sorts of fun stuff. And because I don't do any kind of audio drama, Rick does. So we're going to get some tips. If you're thinking of doing an audio drama, Rick dropped some really cool tips, some firsthand knowledge of what it's like to do an audio drama. Here's my conversation with Rick Coast. Uh, Rick Coast, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you, Dave. Yeah, I, I can't believe I'm here talking to you. I've been listening to you since 2012, I want to say. it's It seems like forever. But it, it wow. seems like I know you too. First time we've talked and I feel like I've, I've been talking to you for years. Let's start off. When did you know you wanted to start a podcast? Oh, that would have been probably around 2012. That's when I listened to my first podcast. And I'm pretty sure it was Radiolab because I loved that show. And I'm a writer too. And I thought, hey, you know what? I can do that. But I didn't know anything about podcasting. So that's how I discovered your show. I went and looked, I did a search on, you know, I needed to find podcasts on podcasting, found School of Podcasting, and so I've been listening ever since. So I, I launched my first show, and that was a science education podcast called Evolution Talk. And I used a lot of the things that I learned by listening to shows like Radiolab, which is a scripted show, and they supplement the the scripted, you know, the scripted word with sound effects and music. And so I tried to to get inspiration from how that was put together. And that's how I put Evolution Talk together. And that lasted for about 80 episodes. I put it on in on hiatus in 2016. But from there, I moved into audio drama. The cool thing is you put that on hiatus about four years ago. Yeah. But you said you're you're still getting a fair amount of number, you know, number of downloads. Yeah, the show is still doing really well. It's just it's evergreen content. There was it's not an interview show. It was it was just to teach people who wanted to learn about the science behind evolution. I found out it's actually uh, required listening in some college curriculums right now. So I do see in the school year when the school year kicks off, the the downloads just kind of skyrocket. So it probably pulls in for a show that's not releasing new episodes. I think about 8,000 plus downloads a month. And so from there, you, you'd mentioned you're a writer and yeah. you you decided to take a crack 
at audio dramas. What was your first audio drama? The very first one was actually the, the most popular. I knew that audio drama podcasts existed. There was shows like around the time I started, called, you know, Welcome to Nightville was a big one, shows like that. And when I did Evolution Talk, there was an episode where I thought, you know what, I'm going to try a sh- uh, an episode that's like an audio drama. So I kind of get the bug there. I think you know, this audio drama stuff's a lot of fun. It's very, you know, allows me to be creative. Being a writer allows me to script, which I love to do, especially when it comes to dialogue. So I released my first audio drama uh, show, which was called is called The Behemoth, and you can find that at modiod. I can't talk modernaudiodrama.com. That was my first show that was audio drama related. So it used everything I had learned from podcasting on my Evolution Talk show. I was able to use effects. And as you mentioned, you know, a lot goes into it and you can have an audio drama episode and have literally 30, 40, 50 tracks on there. That's, you know, for all the different things that you're doing. How did you find the people? You said you had a couple people. Where did you just... Different ways. At first, I used to hold auditions. So I'd post an audition notice on like a Facebook group that caters to audio drama producers. So I would get, a, you know, a voice artist sending me files. I'd listen to those, try to match it to what I envisioned the character to sound like. But as it went forward, as I started doing more audio drama shows, I would seek out uh, voice artists myself. I'd listen to, I listened to a lot of audio drama back in at that time. Mm-hmm. And if I heard a voice that matched a character, I would reach out to the producer of that show or the voice artist directly and say, hey, would you be interested in this part? And I did pay all of the artists that that worked with me. And that's one of the reasons why I ended up stopping or at least slowing down on my audio drama output because it gets to be expensive when, when you're you're footing the bill. I mean, I do everything else. I kind of like, other than the voice artist, which I cannot voice act, I do everything else. The the mixing, the directing, the the music, the effects, right. the whole nine yards. So, but yeah, you got to answer your question. The Behemoth was the first one and that one still does really well. It did so well that I was able to get a an agent, a literary agent to hopefully have a, a novel adaptation of that published someday. I and mean, we're still trying to find a publisher, but that's that's another iron in the fire. Another good thing that came from my podcast to get back to. Well, that's it. It's it's a case of, you know, I didn't have an agent before and now I do. Why? Well, they heard the podcast and was like, hey, I think I can do something with that. Can we actually talk about download numbers? Because they're somewhat impressive. <laughs> no, not not somewhat. They are impressive. Sure. As far as the audio drama goes. It, yeah. So on the behemoth is the one that does or has done the best. I think we're at about 400,000 downloads right now. Yeah. That's um, why I'm like, that's not too shabby, my friend. I'm like, no, it's, it was, yeah. And I, I've not somebody who I, I don't market things well. I'm not, you know, that's always been my, my, my weak point is marketing and promotion and such. So a lot of this is word of mouth and me sticking things on social media every, every now and then to promote a show. But yeah, so that and the behemoth still will pull in, you know, a few thousand, even though that show is done. It's just a miniseries that lasted 20 episodes by design. And it ended, I think, 2017, right around 2017, those 20 episodes. It still still pulls in a few thousand downloads every month. And and Apple had handpicked it or hand curated it as an example of audio drama back when they had like 
curated lists mm -hmm. of, of different categories and modern audio drama was one of those categories and, and that was selected. And another quick aside of another thing that's, you know, what became of my pot, you know, how sure. what podcasting did for me is a local uh, TV station, WMUR out of Manchester, New Hampshire. They have a nightly show called the New Hampshire Chronicle, and they did a whole segment on on my work in modern audio drama came to the house, spent a couple hours here, you know, filming and interviewing me and a couple of my voice artists who were local. Most of the voice artists I worked with were international. So, you know, they'd work remote and they'd, you know, email me their lines or, you know, Dropbox their lines and such like that. And I'd put everything together like, like pieces of a puzzle. Well, and, and the story doesn't stop there. That's the beautiful thing. So now you've, you've started a podcast and so things are going okay. And then you got other people, you caught the attention of other people and got to work on some, we'll just say interesting podcasts. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Th this is something I'm uh, immensely proud of. I'd always been a comic book reader. That's, you know, ever since I was a wee lad. And one of, one of my miniseries featured a, a superheroine, you know, a female superhero. At the time, I was listening to Marvel's podcasts, especially their flagship show, which was This Week in Marvel. So I reached out to Marvel to see, hey, do you guys need any help figuring, you know, if I'll just toss it out there, you know, if you right. don't, if, if you get a no, so what? at least you tried. But as luck would have it, they were looking for some help on post-production for another one of their shows called The Woman of Marvel which was right up my alley because I always catered to kind of strong female characters in the shows I put together. So I'm like, yeah, I'd love to work on the Woman of Marvel show. So I performed post-production on that for a while. Because of that, I got to perform post-production on This Week in Marvel, their flagship show. So that was exciting for me. I'd love to have gone back in time and told my, my uh, six-year-old self, hey, you know, someday you're going to be working with Marvel. So that was really cool. But the unfortunate thing with all of that was... When Marvel got into doing their own audio dramas, when I first heard they were doing that, I got all excited thinking, hey, it's right up my alley. Perfect. I'm already working with them. But they wanted to pull all of their podcasting efforts in-house and build their mm -hmm. own in-house studio in New York. And I live in New Hampshire. So so that gig fell through, but I am fine with that. I still I still can say, hey, I worked with Marvel. I you know, worked in the shows that I loved. And and so nice little- Looks good on a resume, my friend. Yeah. I still have one of my own shows I produce. It's more of a, when I get around to it and I'll throw an episode out, it's, it's a paranormal show called Strange Encounters. Again, it's a, it's a scripted show. So, you know, I script it and add the effects and music and I, I host it. So when I have time, I'll do that. Cause I also work full time. I have a, you know, a full time gig. <laughs> so all of this stuff I do very early in the morning. I get up at 4 a.m. and it gives me like four hours of creative time just to do this kind of stuff that I love doing. And then I go to the day job. Wow. Holy cow. But the cool thing is you've got that cool morning voice going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I've heard you do that too on your show. Yeah. yeah. For somebody who's thinking of like, Hey, I want to start an audio drama podcast. Yeah. What, what should somebody looking to get into audio drama know? One of the first things they should do is Facebook groups out there for audio drama producers. One of them is called audio drama hub. So if, if somebody's interested in getting into audio drama, be it as a producer or even as a voice artist, if you're interesting, interested in being a voice artist, you know, join that group, talk to people, you know, comment on posts, uh, get your name out there, ask questions. It's a great community. They, they'll be more than happy to help. One of the things I would suggest doing, and this is a mistake I made when I did the behemoth, still my favorite show. But one of the things I did was I would script an episode. 
I would send it to my voice artist, say on Monday, uh, she would send it back to me and I would mix the thing like mad to get the, to get it all done in time for what I had for a release date, which I think was Thursdays back then. So I would, I would try to get the whole thing together by Thursday and then I'd write another episode, send it to her. And so it was just, it was crazy, a lot of fun, but crazy. And one thing I would suggest, and which I did for all my subsequent shows after that, is to script your whole season first. Get that whole season scripted before you even think about looking for voice artists and such. And it's an experiment. I mean, that it's like alchemy. It's one of the. It's it's a lot of fun, but just experiment with it. There's you know you can do a lot of things with audio, but I would get involved with some of the groups first and ask questions. There are a lot of voice artists who will lend their voices to your productions just for the exposure and also to get practice themselves. They may be starting out because there's a lot of shows out there that are just done by people who love to do it. And they're just they're doing it because, you know, they have a passion for it. And one thing I wanted to mention, which I I didn't tell you, Dave, but I do all of this in Hindenburg Journalist Pro. Like a lot of them, people use Pro Tools. A lot of producers use Pro Tools and such for this. I love Hindenburg Journalist. That's that's my... can't say enough good things about that program. Where's your, in terms of like sound effects and things like that, do you have a preferred resource that you go to or? I do all of my own. So there are resources that are free. So if, if there's a listener that's interested in, you know, jumping into this, you don't have to make your own effects. I just like doing it, but, but I do go out there sometimes and look for free effects online and there are sites that have free effects and all you do, you sign up and and download the the effects you want to use and you just you know play around with the effects to get uh, a little bit make sure it works with whatever it is you're you know trying to convey to the to the listener anything else that that a wannabe audio drama person should should know yeah just do it don't be afraid of making it perfect and, and that was something that that i struggled with before because i wanted it to be perfect it was going to be my first show i wanted it to be you know sound like something that came out of hollywood I don't know if I succeeded. It sounds pretty good, but I would say to any listener who's interested, don't be afraid to just do it. Your shows will get better and better. The more, and it's, it goes for podcasting too. Not, not so much just audio drama, just put it out there. Don't worry about being perfect. Just worry about being passionate about what you're doing. Put it out there. You're, you're going to learn. I've, I listened to Shows I did back in 2012, I had one podcast that was about philosophy. I, I I cringe when I hear that, when I hear those early episodes, and I've learned so much since then. But I would I would say to any listener interested in jumping in is to just jump in. And, and I'll also throw out there too, if anybody is interested, you know, reach out to me. I'm always available to talk. I love talking about it. And, and I'm always willing to help and give advice and what equipment I use and, you know, where these Facebook groups are or some of the sites I've used for free effects. Always reach out to me. Do you know Kyle Bondo by any chance? I do not. Well, you probably will because I know he listens to the show and he's really into audio drama. So Kyle, meet Rick, Rick, meet Kyle. Hey, that's going to happen. I'm here to tell you that's, that's happening. <laughs> so here's, here's the fun thing. You know, you are the writer. That can be kind of interesting because that's your baby and yeah. you're giving your baby to somebody else. Yeah. How do you go about giving notes to an, to a voice actor? And you're like, I really didn't see, you know, uncle Charlie is, is that kind of, you know, voice. Yep. How do you do that without just saying, Hey, you know what? That really sucked. I mean, how do you, <laughs> I, I'm thinking that's not very constructive. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's, that's a lot of fun. And that took me a while 
That's one of the things I had to learn was to direct the voice artists because I, I'm a writer and also, you know, in a lot of my podcasting efforts prior to audio drama, I was just a guy in front of a mic. I mean, it was scripted, but it was just me, you know, I wasn't directing somebody else. So it was very hard for me at first to tell a voice artist, hey, you know, can you do that again? It didn't quite sound what I envisioned. I had a hard time doing it. I thought I, I, thought I would offend them by doing it completely the opposite. They want the direction. A voice artist thrives on the direction. They, they, wanted, they want it to be a, a perfect delivery. So what we'll do a lot of the times, so I'm glad you asked this because I, I failed to mention it earlier, is if you, you know, do create a show, you script the show, you have maybe start small with one or two you know, characters so, so that you're not overwhelmed with a bunch of characters, and then just have a script read through. We did that all, for all of my productions after the behemoth. This, the cast would get together. We'd do it online using you know whatever tool we used at the time. Zoom wasn't around then, I think, so we used Google Hangouts and such. Skype, Skype was another one we used, and uh, we just do a read through. If I hear something that maybe doesn't sound right, we can talk about it then. So when they go off to record their lines, because a lot of this was remote, they would they were they already knew what how to deliver that just based on what we talked. And I always had them give me two or three takes of a line so I could kind of pick and choose which one sounded best. And because they weren't in the same room, I would also have to make sure it matched to the person they're talking to uh, so that it flowed. You know, so it's not like, you know, somebody says, oh, my God, Dave, I can't believe you did that. And you're like, well, I really wanted to do it like that. So <laughs> you, you want the energy to match, too. So it's so you do play around with it. But I was lucky enough too to work with local voice artists and, and we would all be in the same room together and I could direct them that way. Did you ever run into the situation where it's, you know, Bob and Mary in a room and Bob sounds like he's right in your headphones and Mary sounds like she's in a tunnel? And, you know, how do you... How do you go about that? That's a tricky one. And that's one where where I started, instead of having you know auditions, I would I would listen to other shows. And if I heard somebody's voice I liked, I was also paying attention to how do they sound as far as, you know, technically, not so much how are they how is their acting, but they technically sound. That way it would tell me, okay, they have a decent setup at home. And so we would, and I'd also have them send me some test lines so I could make sure that it did sound like they were in the same room. And I got really good at that after a while is if you sent me a file and say your brother recorded something and you were both in your own homes, I could take those files, play with EQ and some matching and make it sound like you were in the same room. Obviously, you have a lot of passion for this because you've created numerous podcasts. Is this just a passion project or is this something you're trying to monetize? It's it's really a passion project. And like I said earlier, I'm not good with marketing and promoting. I didn't make any money doing this. Even when I reached out to Marvel, because I, I, I said, hey, I'll do it for free. I just want to work with you guys. And they're like, well, you know, we have to pay you, Rick. <laughs> we, you, yeah. you, we, you can't do this for free. So I appreciated that. But yes, I, I'm not monetizing it. I probably could. But I don't know a whole lot about that. So I'm not the best person to come to for advice and monetization. There is a book. You may have heard of it. It's called Profit From Your Podcast. Find it at ProfitFromYourPodcast.com. But but yeah, it's really a passion thing for me. I love post-production too. I love doing that kind of work. It's it's relaxing to me to sit, sit back and, and do post-production on, on any type of show. Everybody, if you want to check it out, it's again modernaudiodrama.com and evolutiontalk.com. I have a link in the show notes. Rick, thanks so much for your time, buddy. Hey, thank you, Dave. This, this was a lot of fun. And, and I want to say, too, before I go, is 
and I, and I mentioned this in the email that, you know, because of my podcast, you know, mm-hmm. all this stuff happened, but it really, really was because of you. It, swear to God, it's listening to your show back when I first started doing this and learning about podcasting, you know, all the little tips and tricks that, that you would, you know, give along the way. And every Monday I listen to the show and, and even today I'm still listening every single Monday. And I always come away with something. There's always, there's always something that, that I'll pick up and say, you know what? Good. I'm, I'm going to remember that. I'm going to use that. And so thank you. Just wanted to make sure I, I, I well, say that. Well, again, everybody go to modernaudiodrama.com, evolutiontalk.com. Rick, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Hey, thank you, Dave. And the day after we spoke, the Evolution podcast that he mentioned there, the book adaptation is now being represented by Alan Nevins. And if you're like me, like who? That's the agent who represents Goldie Hawn and Cher. And that happened after the day we did that interview. So congratulations to Rick and good luck on trying to get that published now. Sounds like he got some good firepower. As we start to wrap up here, a couple things again. Number one, if you have bought the book, Profit from your podcast, do me a favor, pretty please, and go to Amazon and leave a review. That would, it helps me get that. Actually, I know how we always say on the show, yeah, reviews help me get found. That's actually true on Amazon. Not so much on Apple Podcasts, but it is on Amazon. Don't forget question of the month. What is your favorite podcast and why? For more information on that, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. And if all this has inspired you like, hey, I want to get up because of my podcast story, but I don't have a podcast, schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener and keep in mind, you've got 30 days to go. You know what? This isn't for me and I will give you your money back. Coming in the future, we're going to be talking about SEO and how New listeners are finding podcasts, and uh, according to studies, it's not word of mouth anymore, which is interesting. So I'm going to be looking into that. We're also going to be looking at Quibi, and if you're like, what's a Quibi? It's a $1.7 billion mistake. We're going to look at that and go, wait, did you say billion? Uh Uh-huh, and it didn't work. We're going to examine why because, you know, smart people learn from their mistakes, Really smart people learn from other people's mistakes. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. Well, now I got to do what I always say to do. If you have a listener in front of you, what's your favorite part of the show? My favorite part of the show is really just anything I pick up along the way of listening to the show. I can't say I have a favorite part, although I always crack up when you when you say, you know, nobody's going to punch you in the face, which is true. No one will punch you in the face. And getting back to, you know, getting started out in these things, just do it. I mean, if you if you screw something up, that's okay. Nobody's going to punch you in the face. There you go. Anything you wish I would quit doing? No, I can't. No. I honestly can't think of anything to tell you to quit doing. Let me get back to you on that. <laughs> I think if I think of something, I'll, I'll drop you a line. All right. Notice what I did there. <laughs> I shut up. <laughs>
Uh, normally I would <laughs> still shut up, but we're recording, but that's the key to that is you, you ask, what should I change? And then you shut up. You don't, I didn't give you any, you know, is it too long? Is it too short? Is it like, blah, blah, no, you just say, what can I fix? And then you shut up. So yeah, yeah. you'll, you'll, you'll come up with something. Trust me. You will eventually like, Hey, that thing with the, the, the uh, go tell someone I'm sick of that thing at the end of this show. So. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world one download at a time.